good company. Welcome back. <laughs> no, Welcome kidding. back. We are excited. Come on, dude. <laughs> it's Steve's first intro. I'm sorry. Go. Come on, man. <laughs> Come with fire. He's just... He did that because I was making fun of him. I said I was going to mock him and, and copy his intro just like My intros did. are fucking dope, okay? <laughs> I said, listen, man. The people is tired of hearing only from JR. They want to hear from Steve. So that's what I'm bringing to you. And we've got a good episode today. It is a little more nitty gritty. It is a little bit more into the details. And you got you to gotta let it let yourself get into the episode because JR is going to break down all the stuff that you've you've used and accumulated from our podcast earlier, like figuring out what you want, setting goals, things like that. He's going to take you to the next level by implementing strategy. Mm. Strategy. Yeah, and I do uh, I do break it down. So, so like Steve said, give give uh, give us some time to get into there because there's some things that we have to break down. Steve does a great job of pulling some questions. Um, great job. Yeah, great job, Stephen J. Hakes, um, of of kind of pulling some stuff out of me. So, um, and then and then though we get on to why you shouldn't expect people to put you on and. Mm. And we really, I think we really start vibing on that, man. And it, it's a really good, I think we yeah. ended on a high note, bro. And I tell stories about uh, drinking in high school. Your and, grandma. Uh, and grandma. So uh-huh. you definitely want to stay tuned for these. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I think it was a great episode. Um, great job, Stephen J. Hakes. Let's do it, dude. Let's get into the show. Let's go. So this week I've been thinking a lot about strategy just because of where I am currently with my whole business thing, uh, trying to propose some new things to my company and everything. So I've been diving into it and it's actually been really, really informative. And I thought it was mm-hmm. something that we would be able to talk about on the podcast. So I'm going to bring it to the table. We're going to have a little discussion about it and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So I want to title this um your vision is not your strategy Mm. okay and so i've been reading this book called good strategy bad strategy by richard p rumelt and he is uh the emeritus professor of the school of business at ucla and so the main point that i want to bring up that i you know really popped out uh off the page to me in this book is um a very simple example of what strategy is and so he uses this example of a doctor's visit um and he basically breaks it down into four different points and i thought it was like perfect for a little segment on good company because i think it's extremely important and i think it's valuable to anybody who's willing to apply this or is looking for something like this so i'm just gonna put it out there man so um richard p Ramelt, man good strategy bad strategy this is the doctor example and so this is this is a basic breakdown of what strategy is what good strategy is because he also talks about bad strategy we're going to talk about that today good strategy broken down by this doctor example Okay, so the first thing a doctor does is he sees the patient and he sees a challenge 
in the form of symptoms along with the patient history. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he has symptoms to work with and the patient's history, which is a great, a great, great way to look at either your business or yourself, your life. If you're trying to figure some shit out, if you're trying to move in the right direction, if you're trying to progress, you got to take some time to look at yourself, really examine what's going on. The second thing he does is that he names the disease or the pathology. So he actually puts a name to what's going on that's wrong. So it would be like you actually calling out the things that you're doing that is not uh, helping you in any single way, whether it's drinking too much, partying too much, too many late nights, um, you know, whatever it may be. Like uh, people spend their whole lives being willfully blind about the shit that they do wrong or the shit that they could get better at instead of like calling it out and being like, no, man, I'm, I'm smoking way too much or I'm drinking way too much. And, and it's way easier for them to be like, nah, man, nah. like I know people that drink way more than me or whatever. You know what I mean? So like it's it's naming the thing that you're doing or that you're not doing uh, that you could be doing a lot better. Right. And so the third thing is the therapeutic path that's chosen. And he calls it the doctor's policy. So it's basically a rule. It's a uh, it's a rule saying either we're going to do X, Y and Z. Or we're not going to do X, Y, and Z, right? So it's it's just a policy. It's a basic rule on how we're going to change the current situation, the current state of affairs. And again, man, this is perfect for business. It just goes so well with uh, self-development as well. So, that, you know, just listen up with this. And then the last thing is prescription. So the prescription is the actionable items. And this is the most important part because this is what the key of good strategy is. It's like the actionable items that you are going to take to achieve your goal and make this strategy successful. So in the doctor example, it would be diet, exercise, the medication, etc. It's a set of cohesive actions that need to be taken on a regular basis. And so, man, this just is perfect, like I said, for business or for self-development, man, you got your goals, right? And then you have that policy. The policy may, may, may be that I will not, I will not miss a day of doing the prescription, the X, Y, and Z. That's the policy. That's the prescription. And I thought it was just so crucial, man. It just like popped out at me. So I wanted to share. So I hope you guys um, could gain something from it uh, in that little segment. But it was it was uh, I thought it was really good, man. So I just wanted to put it out there and share with everybody. Well, and I mean, it is because like, yeah, I, you've you've listened to this book and, you know, had or, or read it and, and had times to, you know, you know really internalize it. Yeah. So. Could you take us through maybe a goal that you have in business or personal development and then break it down with the doctor steps? So choose one goal that you've gone through and done the doctor steps so that we can kind of like, you know, materialize it, add, add it to something real and practical. And yeah. Kind of latch on. Yeah. So at the beginning of this year, I wanted to grow my business by a million dollars, which is a lofty goal. And it was great. And there was positive thinking and there was a bunch of like really good energy behind it. 
And those things, again, are important. You know, the charisma that I had going out and developing this business was good. <clears throat> so I'm currently up 30%, about 27%, actually, over last year. Noise. Noise, right? And so, um, but halfway through the year, it's like, uh, you, you I, I analyze my business at least four times a year. Okay. And so w- what I was doing without really knowing what I was doing was setting up strategies for how I was going to do it. And basically, so if we're using the doctor example, um, you know, the diagnosis or the symptoms in the history is okay. At the beginning of 2019, I was 2018 versus 2017. I was flat, pretty much no growth, right? I, I kept the business the same. I lost some, I made it up somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so there was certain, there was a history there that I had to take a look at. Okay. And along with that history, there was some symptoms of as, as why, as to why I did not grow. And so looking at those, um, then comes the second step of naming the disease or the pathology or the obstacles or the shortcomings, right? And so there was a laundry list of, of things that I did um, and then things that the market did as well. Some are external, some are internal um, that got in the way of growth. And so I had to be very real with it, right? One of it was my planning, like my failure to plan, okay? And, and so that was something that was really real for me. And, you know, there was a bunch of other things like my focus and attention on certain accounts, my, my overall, you know, idea of where I wanted to go, um, my plan for myself and what, how I wanted to develop myself in the industry. And so all those things I had to deal with, I had to reconcile with, right? And so then I had to put a plan into place. A therapeutic path needs to be chosen by the doctor. And so my 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 path to recovery or my my therapeutic uh, uh, path decision was, okay, well, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to iron this thing out. Like I'm really going to plan this thing out. Okay, so then I, I, I sat down, got my list of accounts, found all these people that I was either down with or had an opportunity with or um, uh, new accounts that I could probably go see or whatever it was, right? And then the last thing would be the prescription or the the set of cohesive or coherent actions to be taken. I literally broke down my every six weeks. So on a six-week basis, I broke down all my visits, all my account calls, and the type of businesses that I was calling on and the kind of opportunities that I was going to go after in each one of those sales calls. So, for example, I had, you know, two people who um, sold a lot of unfinished flooring or they sold a lot of, uh, no, this is a better example. I had two people who did a lot of property management work, multifamily. So they did uh, apartment complexes with 300 or plus doors, right? So 300 units, they're in there every day switching out flooring. I didn't have any of that business. And that 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 specific goal, that specific, uh, you know, growing my territory by a million dollars had to be broken down by 
account by every single individual action. So for them, it was like every time I go in there, this is what I'm going to be talking about. And so it's a lot of work, dude. It really mm-hmm. is. And so, you know, fast forward eight months of constantly, you know, knowing what my goals are, but then going back to what my strategy is for each and every single day, each and every single account, I'm up 27, 28% right now. Nice. Right. And so like that doesn't happen with, with just goals and positive energy. It might get you someplace if you're like starting, you know, at the, at zero, because those things are fundamental. They're, they're a necessity. But I think, again, like I think strategy is what really moves the needle for, for everybody. And and this Mm. is, and this is huge, especially if you're, if you're in business, man, if you're trying to start your own business, you know, or yeah, dude, it, it is just crucial. I think because there gets, there gets a point, there gets to a point where sales are necessity because that's what you're in business to do, right? You're in business to build revenue, to make money. And so without going out to market without a strategic plan on how to do so, dude, it's like jumping in the ocean (laughs) for the very first time and not knowing where you're at, where you're going and how you're going to get back out. You know what I mean? It's like, it's dangerous. It's real dangerous. And so, um, yeah, man, strategy is a huge, a huge part of success, uh, at least in business and I, that I could speak for. Um, and I just, I just think it was a great read and I'm still in the middle of the book, so I'll have more to say about it later, but, um, huge dude. Huge. Well, and I think, I think you brought something up really important, which was that you can have more than one disease, mm-hmm. right? When you're saying I have this thing I'm trying to work on, well, what's the problem? What's, you know, I see the symptoms and you identify it was poor planning or I can't remember the other examples you gave. There's several things. There can be many things. So don't think you can just stop at one and you got to keep digging in deeper and deeper and really find out what it is. Cause maybe if you have regular checkups, like you go to the doctor every time something comes up, you know, maybe there'll only be one or two things, but if you don't, like, I don't know <laughs> when's the last time a lot of us have gone and seen our own personal doctor to figure out all this stuff? Probably never. Mm-hmm. So you may have a lot of things wrong and don't be afraid to do it, to, to really dig in and look at it. Cause if you do, then you'll know how to fix it. And not probably, so I think not probably, pro- you most definitely have things wrong. Oh yeah, we all, <laughs> we all, and we all do. And I think, see, that was one of the biggest things for me is that, you know, I came to that realization without reading this book, but the book put it into perspective and put an actionable plan behind it, which took me a little longer to do, but it's like the obvious steps. And if you're looking to grow and develop yourself, I think eventually you'll get there. But, you know, books like these, like really, really accelerate the growth, I think. And the truth of the matter is, is that we're all fucked up. Like we're all doing something that is in the way of our happiness, right? That's like Jordan Peterson preaches about this too, is like, we all we can all do something or stop doing something that keeps getting in our way and and the truth of it is that we would much rather turn a blind eye to it than to wrestle with it and to to actually name it right it's like it's like an alcoholic who doesn't believe he's an alcoholic like how often do you hear that all the time 
all I the time. Whenever I want, man. It's the will. It's the it's the thing of uh, of being willfully blind. We all got something that we could either do better or stop doing altogether that would bring us closer, faster to our goals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a, that was one of the big big points that I wanted to make um, with this whole conversation is like be real with yourself really examine yourself take yourself to the doctors and be straight up honest like you're not cheating anybody but yourself and and as soon as you can admit your faults admit your weaknesses admit your shortcomings the faster you can do something about it and so like yeah man i mean personally for me like you know as a as a sales rep and I, like I naturally, I think have the gift of gab. I'm able to like walk into a room and and start a conversation and 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 sell. But like my weaknesses were my follow ups. My weaknesses were my like diligent day to day consistency of that uh, uh, of using those skills and those techniques, right? And so I had to be really real with myself on that because that's not. You know, that's not nice to hear about yourself. No. Or you're like, oh, hurts, you're not consistent. Man. Yeah, dude. Like, it hurts your ego. It, hear, it hurts your pride. But, dude, as soon as, as soon, and I still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm constantly learning, constantly growing and, and sharpening my axe. Um, but it wasn't until I was real with myself on those aspects that I was, that I was able to grow from it, man. And, like, now I'm up 28%, 27% over last year. The numbers, the final numbers ain't in yet. But you know what I mean? And I'm still trying to hit my million dollar mark, which would put me closer to like 45, 50 percent. So I, you have to be real with yourself, man. You know what I mean? And so if, if you take anything away from this conversation today, just I think the biggest part is uh, like do an examination of, of your of yourself, of your actions, um, of your habits and and pick something pick one thing that you're either going to start doing better or that you're going to stop doing altogether because it's getting in your way i think that i think that would be a great great starting point i like it but if you don't know what you want yet you might as well go back and first figure that out do a little rah-rah get yourself pumped and yeah then dude because if you're trying to set a strategy for you're like i want to go somewhere I really, I need to do something, man. I need to, you know, and they're like, okay, let's set a strategy. Good luck. Good luck setting a strategy if you don't know where you want to go. Seriously. So Seriously. there is a, there is a sequence to it. And that's why, you know, we've led you up to this. It's kind of cool to see because it's kind of along with our development as we go through these cycles of things and setting new goals and then realizing we need better strategies and need to diagnose things. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is, like you said, man, once once you're done with the rah-rah, because it's fun, but even more fun is getting down to the nitty-gritty, yeah. accepting that, and then seeing the results come from good strategies. Mm-hmm. That's where it's real fun. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it, it is a lot of work, dude, and it, it's tiresome. It's exhausting to the point because, like, I remember when I first heard, like, oh, look at your goals every day. I was like, man, that's excessive. Right. <laughs> so small. I got like 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, I got to ah, look at, ah, I got to look at that shit yeah. every day, you know? And it's just it like, but once you start seeing the results come in, like once you're, you're up 30% over last year, it becomes addicting a little bit, man. 
And then you constantly are looking at ways to pick yourself apart. And then, you know, you got to caution yourself of being overcritical of yourself. But but I don't know if there's such a thing, man, because if you're constantly exposing yourself, if you're constantly exposing your weaknesses and your shortcomings, like, man, like you're destroying your ego and you're really you're you're putting yourself in the most advantageous spot possible. And mm-hmm. that's and that's just ultimate in growth, you know, because you're you're constantly working on what you need to be working on. So. Good things, bro. Good things. Noise. oh shit well steve shit man don't let me take up the whole damn the whole damn session man i know you got something you wanted to bring to the table uh yeah no i think it's very important though i think your strategy stuff though it's not as exciting as some of our other ones we're not talking (laughs) about sex energy and stuff you know (laughs) it will still produce the results so i just want to clarify that for people who listen to it it can't be all fluff man it can't be all it can't be all high it's it's gotta be real it's got some of it's a little bit of a grind some of it is a a little bit of a grind most of it is a little bit uh, a little bit of a grind so let's just be real i'm being super pragmatic he is and he's also i'm gonna cut him off there he could keep going we probably go another 20 minutes yeah don't let me go dude don't (laughs) let me go okay so what I've been thinking about a lot lately is um, the fact that I guess you could call it a terrible strategy that I have put on for most of my life, it feels like, is waiting for people to put me on, thinking that there's these certain people I can rely on and that they're going to be the ones that put me on and do what they say they're going to do or what I think they said they were going to do, whatever it ends up being. Mm. Bad strategy. Fucking horrible strategy, man. Terrible strategy. Ramel would bitch slap you right now. Please, Ramel, I would be honored. (laughs) But um, what I'm doing the doctor thing, I'm diagnosing, right? So uh, what I've found, though, is people don't care when you're inside their lines, right? Like, let's say you're in an organization, an institution, a business, a family, a church, anything like that. If you do things, if you're acting according to their policies and the way they work, things are great. You're not going to hear much from them at all. They honestly don't even care about you. Right. 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 Like, but as soon as you step outside the lines, everybody's got an opinion for you. So when you're trying to like go out and do your thing and, and you, you thinking, okay, this is going to be good, you know, like, or, or let's say they're inviting you in, maybe you're not part of their group yet. And they can like sell you on it like crazy. And you're just like, fine, I'll step right in because this is great, man. They gave me attention. Things are awesome. Uh, They're going to really put me on. You walk into their club, all of a sudden you don't even matter anymore. Mm. Now, the reason I'm going to tell a story, okay? This story is I've told you this a long time ago, but it's the reason why I never drank in high school or college. Mm -hmm. Um, because one time I, a couple times, but one time, especially, I really remember it taught me this lesson, man. Um, and then I'm going to bring it around to a lesson I learned from my grandma as well. (laughs) Grandma and drinking stories. I love it. Hey, hey, grandma ain't drinking though. They're separate. (laughs) I won't throw under the bus like that. Um, so it was in high school. I was like 17, maybe. And we were at this house party. My boy was getting slammed. Um, everybody else was, I mean, they were, there was crazy stuff going on, right? Like he, he had the baseball player take a yardstick and break it over his back and, uh, little things like, you know, it's just like <laughs> stupid, stupid high stupid school shit, stuff, dude. right? Stupid. Um, yeah. 
Which it was pretty crazy though, dude. That yardstick literally bent all the way around, snapped, and cut him on the front, like <laughs> scraped him all down the front across his chest. It was insane, right? So crazy stuff going on, right? Um, and I'm I'm always the DD, right? I'm just the driver. I just did, you know, I wasn't about that stuff. You were and, you uh, were sober, sis. I was I was man. Uh, <laughs> I was the sober Uber driver, man. So, um. They all really wanted to see me drunk because I'm kind of an eccentric person anyways. When I get around that, I get pretty hyped. And they're like, dude, you'd be so much fun drunk. You would be so fun drunk. Like, dude, just take one beer. Come on, just drink a beer. I'm talking for like an hour and a half, two hours they worked on me. Just come play beer pong, dude. Just come do this. Come do that. And it was like, dude, you'd be so much fun if you were. I mean, it was like I was all the attraction at that party. Right. Everybody wanted me to drink. It'd be so much fun if I did. And I was like, you know what, dude? Fuck it. I'll do it. Give me a beer. You know, everybody's super excited. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I crack one open, start drinking. It's like I turned into a ghost. (laughs) Literally, like I did not matter anymore. All of a sudden, everybody turned to the next thing. It wasn't like trying to get someone else to drink, but they had all their other things to do. It's like as soon as I stepped in to that group, I didn't matter. I just became one bit of that homogenous mess. I was no longer myself, my individual, my own person. I had sacrificed what I thought, what I wanted, what I saw as myself to join a group immediately didn't matter. I just became one of them. And uh, that was a really hard thing to learn. And uh, especially because later on, dude, we had cops knocking on the door. We were all hiding in corners and freaking the, and it was like crazy because I, I didn't really get drunk necessarily. And we had to sleep some stuff off. But like then we had to like run away. And I mean, my truck was out front. So I was worried it had a big Oregon sticker on it. And I knew they were going to know who it was. You know, I was like really worried. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very traumatic. OK, I'm sorry, Steve. So that taught me. that taught me I didn't want to drink at least not in order to conform to someone else's wishes now fast forward that got me in some trouble at Oregon my gosh I almost got beat a few times it seemed like my gosh Nate Nate Costa for that dude (laughs) but uh, um, the next one I'm going to come to is the old grandma story and I'm going to bring it around to uh, my grandma is very strict in the Mormon church. And uh, like, this is the kind of stuff that, I mean, they'll bring out scriptures at the table, you know, at dinner table and stuff like that. And there was a point in my life where she thought I was going a little wayward. She was going to slap and you, so, slap you with the book she, of Mormon. <laughs> right. Right. But very passive aggressively. She mm. would never do it aggressively. Right. Yeah. Very passive. The worst kind. Gosh. The worst kind, the the most vicious kind. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're all sitting around. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. We're at her house. She's passing out gifts. And, uh, you know, my sister opens up this dope blender. My brother's got, like, a dope set of socks and some cologne, whatever. I open up a punk-ass little keychain flashlight, <laughs> okay? I'm going to Russia for, like, a year to work. I open up a punk-ass keychain flashlight. I think I got a pair of socks, too. Literally. I was like, oh, thanks, Grandma. And she's like, it's so that you never lose your way and you always have light with you. Jeez. For everybody, right? And it was implying that I was going to go off and get lost, right? Mm. I was going to lose my way, lose God, lose all these things. 
and uh, she was very outspoken, right? I think it was because I was dating someone who was not Mormon at the time. So everyone was very, very worried about me. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a lot of talks from a lot of people about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone had an opinion mm-hmm. about what I should and shouldn't do. This lady, uh, one of my dad's sisters, I had never met before, okay? She had an opinion on this stuff. I saw her on like FaceTime one time from Russia and she gave me a whole like lecture on marrying someone who wasn't Mormon. I was like, dude, I don't even know you, man. It was crazy, right? So I get all this stuff. So you're constantly getting all this stuff whenever you start to step out of the boundaries, right? Yeah. Then I write a book for missionaries. It's this, I mean, this this elaborate book. It shows that I'm really on. Becoming Ammon by Stephen J. Hakes. Becoming Ammon. Find it on Amazon. (laughs) Find it on Amazon, baby. If you don't know, now you know. So it's supposed to be, it's supposed to help kids get ready for an LDS mission. And it would imply that I was really living a good life, right? Especially a Mormon life. And one that everybody would be really proud of. And grandma should really be happy for you and your family should be very supportive and things like that. Right. That's what you're expecting. Crickets, baby crickets. Not (sighs) one word from grandma. Grandma's willing to come out and call me out in front of everybody on Christmas day Mm -hmm. for me potentially losing my way. But when I write something that could have a really big impact in the lives of many people, crickets, nothing, no congratulations, no book purchases, no good job, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Okay. The reason I bring that up is because I kind of saw that with business too, where I've had some people who they they kind of put you on like they're going to be your guys. They're going to hook it up. They're going to, you know, you're, we're going to buy a bunch of stuff from you every week. It's going to work out great. And it does the first week. And you're just you're you're putting everything you have into them because you want to be loyal. You want to be part of that crew. You want to really it's exciting to build that. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and find out, oh, no, well, now his budget's off. So he's not going to order this week or the next. Yeah, well, because oh, you're well, not you, you're relying on these people who you think are going to be part of the come mm-hmm. up. Right. They're They're going to be an instrumental mm-hmm. part of the come up, like of me realizing my dreams. And it's like, nah. You, yeah, because they basically tell you that's what's going to happen. Right. Right. Well, everybody not, Well, everybody wants to be, the, you know, everybody wants to hype you up when it's not the reality of it, you know, and everybody wants to like, you know, the whether they're, you know, putting positive or negative vibes out there. Everybody has something to say, right? Like what you're saying. But gosh. when it gets down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> everybody. dude, everybody, when it gets down to it and like when you start, when you actually start your business and now you're, you're trying to generate revenue and now you're trying to move the needle. And now, you know, it's not a, an, an idea or a game or a, or a fantasy anymore. Like you're in the shits, you know, nobody's going to put you on, but yourself. It's a hard lesson to learn, but you can either try to learn it before you get burned or you can get burned several times well, I think and you, then eventually realize yeah it. I think you I mean I think you got to get burned and look there's not I'm not saying that you can't start businesses with with people who um 
are your friends or, or, or that you have a good business relationship with, but they have to be equally invested as invested as you to, to even care about it the same way that you're going to care about your business, you know, because if, you know, if you're trying to do something, getting off the, uh, off the, off the, uh, like off to a start with the, with uh, your business or your product or your company, and you're relying on other people to, to raise that platform, to put you on a higher level, it's a long shot, like a long shot, right? And like, dude, the, the faster that you can realize that I am literally going to have to build this shit brick by brick, and it is going to be these hands that build it, I mean, the faster you're going to get there. Because Mm-hmm. you know and i'm not talking about like venture capitalists like bringing people in to invest and i mean that's all business strategy that's different like i'm talking about waiting around for somebody who's in your like immediate crew or you know one of your boys uh that has some type of status because you know me and steve we know a lot of people like we know a lot of people who have popularity and who are you know whatever have decent followings on Instagram. like if you're but if you're waiting for that to create your buzz, to put you on a platform where you're going to get the visibility that you think you need, like homeboy, no, no, nobody's fucking trying to put you on. You know what I mean? Let me, let me help. There's a story that I can help, uh, to prove this with. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So the book just comes out, right? And I have my buddy who has another guy, really big Mormon basketball player, He's going to tweet it out or he puts it on Instagram. He's got 130,000 followers, mm-hmm. puts it up on his story. It's his only story linked to my post, link in bio, all that kind of stuff. Only story for the 24 hour period. I thought, okay, out of 130,000 followers, pff, who knows, man, I might sell a couple hundred books, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know that I sold any books at all. I got two Instagram followers. Yeah. Two. Out of 130,000 from that. Yeah. So if you're thinking some guy's going to tweet something out, put something on Instagram, and your shit's going to blow up, think again. Think again, homeboy. Think again. Think again. And it's been so funny to see it with even with this podcast, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely a strategy that has to be in place with your social media. Like, you have to be putting stuff out. But what's the most important thing that I've realized is the content, man. It's the shit that you're providing. It's it's the it's the stuff that we're giving our listeners to grow with, right? It's like it's the value that we're adding to their life is what's going to really really help this whole operation mm-hmm. out. That's why we're here, you know what I mean? People come it, it, it might help to have these people with big followers to like point them towards it. Yeah. But they ain't going to stay if they're in quality. Yeah, dude, like and that's why like even with our guests that we're bringing on like I stopped caring about the potential turnover that we could get from their following and, and, you know, or like, oh man, they got like 10 K followers. They got a hundred K followers. We got, we got people in the lineup. They got like 300 K followers. You know what I mean? It's like, but I stopped worrying about that because it's not about that. It's about the content. It's about what you're providing to people. So if you have a business or, uh, or a company of some sort that you're trying to grow and, and dude, it, just know that it's about the product or the service that you're providing people. It's about the value that you're adding to lives. It's not about who's about to put you on and blow up and, you know, so you could be partying and on a yacht in 10 years. Like, like those are great dreams, right? great visions. Like we talked about, but like, dude, this is great to tie it back to strategy. Like what, 
what are your actionable items that you're doing to build your empire by your, like with your hands and your mind, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and it's important to have these people and these connections and realize that you can like, you need relationships to grow, right? If yeah. we're thinking these vendors and other people that are going to buy stuff or they're pumping you up, like they're going to buy all your stuff. They're going to put you on here. They're going to put you out there. They're going to promote it here. You yeah. need those people to do that, but it, not for one second. Should you rely on it mm -hmm. or take your foot off the gas or stop looking for other opportunities all the time? Well, because my thing, go ahead, go ahead. My thing was, I, I had a problem thinking it was kind of like you had to be loyal to these people in my mind. And it might sound dumb to people in sales who are really good at it and this and that. But when you're kind of starting out and, you, you know, you hear these people saying, we're going to make you our guy. Your product's going to be our thing. We're going to promote it really, you know, you start to think, oh, well, I need to really focus on them and make it great. Or I don't want to go to their competitors. You know, I want to really. And you start to have this false sense of loyalty where when when they show you that they you're not really their number one priority like they made you think it hurts you get burned you get bitter yeah and instead you should just realize like nah man you you gotta pay bills you gotta do things you gotta grow your business so business is business it's yeah man it's not like a loyalty thing like don't well, don't worry about people you gotta do you yeah yeah and, and look i will say being in sales for the last six years, I will say that every every now and then, very seldomly, do you establish a relationship with somebody in business that is meaningful beyond the transactions that you're having on a day-to-day -day in the business world. Every now and then, you come across somebody that you can you vibe with on another level um, that creates more than just a business relationship, you know, and I, I'm a firm believer that I can't be a partner in any business um, if I don't vibe with the person on a certain level, if we're not equally yoked in certain, in certain ways. And so don't get me wrong. I think, I think that exists out there. Um, but I think what we're alluding to more is this false sense of reliance on other people on a day-to-day -day basis in the business world to elevate your game. And it's like if you're focusing more on their promoting you or on their, you know, on them making you the success um, rather than you yourself building whatever it is that you're building or adding value to people's lives with your product or your service, then you're going to be constantly let down. Like if you're trying to land that one account, that's going to put me up to the top and it's going to make me the man. And I'm going to be like, you know, top performer and this, and, this, and I'm just waiting on that one. You know, it's like, nah, man, dude, you're never going to get there. You're going to be constantly let down over and over again. Always. And so, yeah, man, I mean, Business is business at the end of the day. Not to sound like harsh or ruthless, but like you got to fuck. It's a game. You got to do, you got to do what you got to do, you know, and, and not in a shady or uh like, uh you know, ill intended way, but like 
you got to produce the revenue for your company the best mm-hmm. way you see fit. Right. And, those, and there's companies yeah, go ahead. there's companies that you can have good relationships with. Right. Absolutely. Like there's there's ones that you can thrive with and it can be mutually beneficial and so it's not this cutthroat, burn everybody, Mm-mm. whatever. That's not you what can we're have saying. a lot of great relationships, but you also have to be very competitive and realize it's kind of like any sports game, right? Mm-hmm. You do want to be very competitive. You want to win. Someone's got to win. Someone's got to lose. But you're not always competing against other companies. Like you're not. It's a different. It's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. So you just have to look at it in its own unique way. Mm-hmm. business is very unique business is very unique and what i'll say about this is uh, like i think i could sum it up for how i look at it is uh, i believe in good business and doing good business with good people and what that means for me is that it is a mutually beneficial relationship and nobody's trying to take advantage of anybody everybody's you know mm-hmm. we're not we're not being secretive about trying to make our profit um, but I'm here to provide you with the service and products that will add value to you, which will then make you better to if they're an end user, you know, they'll make you better. And if they're another business, it's going to help you make more money as well, you know. And so mm-hmm. that if that relationship is maintained, that is something that's gold in business is like we understand there's everything's on the table. And so good business is a mutually beneficial relationship. Both parties are advantageous in this whole thing. Now, within that, there's always give and take, right? There's a, And that's why they call it relationships because there's constantly this ebb and flow that's happening. And, and people who are able to harness that and really uh, tend to it and nurture those kinds of relationships and they understand that dynamic, those are the people who have very successful businesses because of their business relationships that's very different very different than your homeboy who has 300,000 followers putting (laughs) your company on his Instagram and promoting it and it blowing up that that shit does not happen you know what I mean doesn't man doesn't and I'll bring up one more example it's think about it in the sense of like romantic relationships if you are so enveloped in this one girl and you just met her and you kind of like guys know girls know when you're desperate right we'll Mm -hmm. say it like that Mm -hmm. so if you have this one girl and you're putting everything into her and you're not really focusing on yourself and you're just obsessed with her and always just texting right back and you can you can tell that the person's not about their business not doing their own thing not trying to grow not trying to get better and you realize they don't have any leverage whether the person is maniacal, evil or not, or just a great person, you naturally feel that lack of leverage and you leverage yours against them. It just happens. <laughs> when people are desperate, you just leverage their desperation. I yeah. don't know why. It's it's just natural human nature. It, it really is, dude. It, and then the problem is that you, in business, you'll run into people who are maniacal, who are yes. uh, have that ill intent and they see that weakness and they're going to fucking expose it. Yes. And so, you know, we got to do another episode of uh, uh, Priest and the Beast, man, because that's why I talk about, that's why I talk about you have to be a beast in business. Like you have to be a little bit dangerous. Um, you do. Because, it, dude, it's that, it's that uh, analogy of, 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 
of the meek will inherit the earth, right? Like keeping your sword sheathed, but knowing that you have that sword and you could wield it at any time. Like, don't get me into this because this is a whole nother podcast. But of course, I'm gonna cut you off. You right got now. you got to be a little <laughs> dangerous. You got to be a little dangerous. You do, and so the reason I brought that up was when you get an opportunity, um, and it's interesting to see the differences as we've taken the same concept and twisted it to what's important to us right now Mm -hmm. and to hear our different examples. Um, Mine's thinking more about like clients or uh, vendors that you have that are, you know, purchasing the drink and saying they're going to put you on in different ways. And so if I come and I'm fully invested in this awesome opportunity, this super cute girl that I just met that I'm really like, way happy about and I put all my effort into that they feel it and all of a sudden you become way less interesting but you're thinking it's because you're being loyal because you're showing that you're really invested in this opportunity but it never works like that you have to realize it's a numbers game and you have to go out and play and play and play and realize that person's not going to put you on this girl's not going to make you happy now she might eventually it might turn into the right thing but not if you put all your chips on the table right away. You have to keep playing the game and realizing where other potential good could be had because then it make it makes people realize the value that you have. Unfortunately, this is how it works, and they will value you, and it will validate you to them. Mm-hmm. And then you will have a leverage, and you don't leverage it in a maniacal way, but you will use it to have more of a mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial relationship if you have leverage you bring to the table. And the only way you do that is by being about your business. Got to be about your business. So don't wait for people to put you on. Mm-hmm. I've been burned so many times like that. And I'm finally <laughs> As have I. As, finally. As have I, yeah. And we'll see how many more times I learn. But I'm finally getting this. It's not, you're not an immoral person if you're not, like totally into this girl and cut all the other ones off and whatever right from the beginning when you just met her. You're not a bad business person. You're not going behind their backs and stabbing them if you look for other clients, okay? Don't worry about that. You got to put yourself on. Got to put yourself on. Got to get your strategy right. Mm -hmm. Dude, do we have the best shit? Do we have the best content on on this podcast game or what, bro? Uh, rumors are yes. <laughs> I think, uh, I think the people in, uh, in, uh, over there in Norway are, are really digging this stuff, bro. Dude, Norwegians, we got the Frenchmen <laughs> over there listening to it. I, got I heard, cur- uh, you okay. said, you said we had someone in the United Arab Emirates. In the Emirates, in the Emirates. In the Emirates. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. all over, baby. Hey, listen, we're, you know. Yeah, I love it, man. I love I love today's message, the whole, you know, strategy and don't wait for people to put you on. Um we're having so much fun with this, man. And so I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. Um we got another interview coming up later this week, so stay tuned for that. Um but I'm going to cut it off here cuz this is our time limit, bro. Um but we had a blast. Go ahead and subscribe, please. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We're going to keep coming with some more hot shit, uh, hopefully, uh, Lord willing. And, um, yeah, and if just, there's a topic you want us to cover, too, throw yeah. it out there. Yeah, because we're you know, not. We may yeah. or may not, <laughs> but at least you tried. 
but at least you try it. You know what I mean? Uh, so we got some exciting stuff, uh, stuff still coming up. So stay with us. Thank you for listening to Good Company. We out.